0: In Nicomachean Ethics, Book 9, Aristotle is bringing up a topic that we see talked about quite a bit in our own time. And it can be done in a kind of a trivial way, you know, sort of like what talk shows do, but it actually has some very deep and important roots. And it's whether a person can be friends or feel affection towards themselves. And why is this so important? Well, Aristotle tells us at several points in Nicomachean Ethics, Book 9, something about a friendship that was left out earlier in Book 8. And that is that the way in which we are friends with other people is based in part on our own feelings towards ourselves. So, you know, when pop psychologists tell us in the present that you can't love others without loving yourself, there's actually something there from an Aristotelian point of view. But it's not just about, well, you want to then therefore love yourself. You need to have a basis on which you could actually find yourself lovable. So there's a little bit of a difference in emphasis between today's, you know, pop psychologists and an Aristotelian moral theorists. So the way that Aristotle approaches this question in, in Book Nine is to ask us about certain core features of friendship. And he provided a number of those in Book 8, and he re-emphasizes some of those in Book 9, but then also adds a few to the list that, that are very interesting. So let's look at this list first, and then we'll see whether it can apply to the good person and to the bad person, because that's where the key dividing line is going to be. So a friend as Aristotle says, wishes good, and also here he says, promotes the good, whether it's the real or apparent good, of the other, the other person, for the sake of that friend. That is, they want that other person to be doing well. Now, of course, you know, in a friendship that's based on utility or pleasure, it's not because you you love the friend in themselves, you know, who they are and their their personality and the core of who they are, their life narrative. It's rather that, you know, they're, they're useful for you or pleasurable for you. You still want things to be well for them, at least so you can get something out of it. There's another addition to this that looks very similar. He says the friend wishes existence and preservation of the friend for the friend's sake. So this is living or this is living well, doing well. This is living and existing, literally, you know, being, ain't in Greek. And so the friend wants the friend to remain in existence and to be saved or preserved, things not to fall apart for them, right? They don't want their friends to get sick. They don't want their friends to uh, have an accident or anything like that. Whereas you get the idea with Aristotle, if it happens to strangers, we might feel a sense of pity, but we're not really that concerned with it. Another key element that was talked about a lot in in Book 8, friends actually spend time together, generally doing some sort of activities or engaging in some sort of enjoyment uh, with each other. And this Aristotle really takes to be at the core of friendship. If you remember in Book 8, he says if people feel affection towards each other, but they don't actually spend time together, they're not really friends in a full sense. There has to be that condition of spending time. Friends desire and choose the same things. The emphasis really here is on choice. You might say they commit to, they have the same sorts of priorities. They have the same sorts of values. It may not be exactly the same across the board, but they do come together, and we see this in, indeed in many cases of friendship, where you thought that you were on the same page with the person, but it turns out that you're not. You don't really share the same values and choices. There, there's a lot of ways in which this could this come up, sometimes in crises, sometimes over the period of time. Friends have to sometimes decide to choose the same thing as each other. And then finally, this is one that, that's quite unique to this section, but it makes perfect sense within Aristotle's framework. He says... Friends share joys and sorrows. They share pains and pleasures, but they also share joys and sorrows, these emotions. So those are key aspects to friendship. And now the question that Aristotle is going to ask is, how does this play out for the good person and how does this play out for the bad person? Let's take a look at the good person. First, he says, the good person, do they wish and promote the good of the friend for the sake of the friend, if the friend is indeed themselves? And he says, yes, they wish their own good, real as well as apparent, and they seek it by action, for it's a mark of the good man to exert himself actively for the good. And he does so for his own sake, for he does it on account of the Better part of, of himself, the intellectual part of himself, and this appears to be what a person is at their core. Man, he says, a person's real self. So, a good person certainly does that. What about the, the second part, wishing existence? He says he desires his own life and security, especially that of his rational part. So, that person is going to take pains to uh, preserve their rational part. They're not going to just sit around and vegetate all day long, watching. Shows on Netflix or getting themselves involved in activities that are just without any sort of intellectual value, right? That would not be to be a friend with yourself. You know, oftentimes we think, well, you got to take care of yourself, you got to pamper yourself. Maybe not so much. Maybe a true friend only does that to a certain extent. What about the third one? Spending time together. He says, the good person desires their own company. They enjoy being by themselves since they have agreeable memories of the past, good hopes of the future, which are pleasant too. And also, their mind is stored with subjects for contemplation. People who can't stand being by themselves, and, and you can be by yourself in our technological society in ways that aren't really being by yourself, if you're if you're always on the net, if you're just you know watching TV, if you're playing games, that's in a certain way being by yourself, but you're getting lots and lots of stimulus being provided by other people to you. So it's not exactly being by yourself. The, the good person can actually be by themselves in a room without an awful lot of stuff, and they won't get bored because they have plenty of things to think about. Consider, they may even see it as a little bit of a vacation from the, the cares and worries that they normally have. Uh, a bit of free time, right? Do friends uh, desire and choose the same things with respect to the individual person? He says, Well, of course, the good person is of one mind with him or herself and desires the same things with every part of their nature. So, this is quite an important aspect. In order to be a good person, for Aristotle, you need, if not to be virtuous, to be at least self-controlled, right? And that means to be able to choose, to put things up, put the parts of yourself, the desirous part, the intellectual part, into alignment with each other so that you actually do choose the same thing and you're not torn by all these internal conflicts. And so the good person does actually do that. Finally, sharing joys and sorrows. This is quite an interesting one to consider. Aristotle suggests that the good person is, as he says, keenly conscious of his own joys and sorrows, for the same things give him pleasure or pain at all times, and not different things at different times, since he's not apt to change his mind. There's a constancy in affection to the good person that is going to be lacking in in other people, and because of that, he or she, when they take joy in something, they're not going to take joy in it one day and then be upset by it the next day. Likewise, what they find upsetting one day, if it truly is upsetting, they're going to find upsetting the next day as as well. So now, let's consider, does this apply, do these things apply to the bad person? Aristotle says, no, the bad person is actually not going to be well off with respect to this. He says, for example, with respect to the first thing, the friend wishes and promotes the good of the other for the sake of the friend. The, the person's friends with themselves promotes their own good for their own sake. He says bad people don't actually do that. They appear to be doing that, but they actually choose things that are bad for them. And so they're not really promoting their own good. He says, Out of cowardice and idleness, some neglect to do what they think best for their own interests. So if you have certain vicious dispositions, you will go against your own best interests, and you're not being a friend to yourself as a result. He also says, with respect to this one, which has to do with life itself, people who have committed a number of crimes and are hated for their wickedness actually flee from life and make away with themselves. So some people can get to the point where they don't want to preserve their own life because they find the person who they are, not just the life that they're living, but the person who they are, to be something that they don't want to have exist anymore. In Aristotelian terms, this is really self-hatred. When you hate somebody as opposed to merely disliking them or being angry with them, you, you literally wish that they not exist or that what they are not be what it is. Spending time together, this is really interesting. He says, bad people constantly seek the society of others and shun their own company because when they're by themselves, what happens? They recall much that was unpleasant in the past and anticipate the same in the future, whereas with other people, they can forget. And he says, they also feel no affection for themselves. They don't want to spend time with themselves because they have no lovable Qualities they, they don't have anything you know, to offer to say, hey, this is really good. I, I want to be with somebody like this. They literally can't hang out with themselves. So what they do is they try to find ways of not paying attention to who they are. They may have, in fact, seek out people who give them a different self-image, right? Who uh, flatter them, for example, or who give them the things that they can use to distract themselves. Friends desire and choose the same things. Aristotle says that's one of the marks of the bad person. They don't remain constant over time in what they choose. There's kind of an internal incoherence to moral badness. It can't always be on the same page with itself. And so Aristotle says that they they lack this. Finally, sharing joys and sorrows, Do, do bad people at least do that, says, no, they don't enter into their own joys and sorrows. There's civil war in their souls. One part of their nature, owing to depravity, is pained by abstinence from certain indulgence, while another part is pleased by it. One part pulls them this way, another part pulls them another way, as if pulling them apart. So he says, if it's impossible to feel pain and pleasure at the same time, at all events, after indulging in pleasure, they regret it a little later and, and wish they'd never acquired a taste for such indulgences, since the bad are frequently changing their minds. So they're not able to really you know, enjoy their joys, to, to sort of mull them over, and they, they flee from their sorrows as well. They don't share in that. And so they may be looking for that in, in somebody else, externally. But like we said, you know, if you can't be a good friend to yourself, that makes it much more difficult to be a good friend to another. And to have anything to offer to another person who then might actually supply you with some of these things on their own part. So not only by not being a friend with oneself, the basis for that is not being a good person, does one preclude these from oneself, derived from oneself. It's also hard to have these to offer to another person so that there could be some sort of reciprocal exchange and friendship with these. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, Keep studying these great philosophical works.